Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Libya Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. We are back with an actual, another review. So we're back into the Patterson whole... Watch. Patterson Watch, which I mean, it's probably been actually years. We did the um, Zoo 2, which was one of the book shots, right? It was like the first book shot. It's the first book shot. And what did we think of it? It was garbage. It was pretty much garbage, yeah. Um, and we haven't touched Patterson since. And I don't think we had any intention until um, Rob Hart came along and co-authored, um, uh, let's be honest, authored um, this little thing that we're going to be talking about tonight. I don't think we would have gone back to Patterson at all. So, And I'm thinking that like looking forward, most likely, unless another one of our friends ends up co-authoring a Patterson book, we're probably put, putting him to rest, right? incorrect oh shit <laughs> this is absolutely incorrect and i know we talked about this briefly um but you do understand that he is now co-authoring a book with bill clinton oh god that's right called the president missing it's impossible for us not to cover that as a matter of fact i think that we should probably invite rob hart on to to review it yes I think that would be the right thing to do. I think it's not coming out until 2019, and I'm pretty sure it's already it, Showtime has already bought the rights to the TV show. Yes. And but my question is, in knowing how this uh, co-authored thing works between um, between James Patterson and and the vast majority of of writers, um, Bill Clinton didn't write a goddamn book, right? Like recently, that guy can barely talk anymore. He didn't write a book. This, this has got to be like, there has to now be it. So James Patterson gets a big name out of the book. Bill Clinton gets a little name at the bottom of the book. And there's got to be a guy who's just not named. That's actually writing. I think the there was book. a ghostwriter. I mean, have you seen or heard Bill Clinton speak in the last couple of years? Um, no, I mean, I've just seen like pictures, like posing for pictures. Yeah. I am not sure that he still has his wits about him to 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 quite honestly to to be the the little name on a on a James Patterson book. Oh. So maybe so maybe this is kind of a flip around thing where Bill Clinton had the idea. Maybe James Patterson actually wrote the book. I, I could buy that, but I'm not buying the the this was a fifty fifty production from the two of them. Well, interestingly, I'm looking at a picture of the cover right now. And if there one if there is one thing that is fifty fifty, it's the font size of the names. Bill Clinton's name is the exact same size as James Patterson's name, and Clinton is on top. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of I just pulled, I just clicked on a link to see what you're talking about. I, I kind of I was kidding about. I, I figured, that, yeah, you know, Bill Clinton's writing a fiction book that, that he's going to get top billing, and and this is what top billing means. I think, right? His name's at the top. So how many how many uh, people do you think they can get uh, credited for a book? Like this is two people now. You think both of them didn't write the book? Like how many big names? Like could you get like seven or ten names and like none of them actually wrote the book, but they're all taking credit for it? Um, I yeah. I I mean I don't know. I I just find it like I said hard to hard to believe. Now my understanding of how bookshots works though is that you're given like a vague idea or you bring an idea and then James Paris says, Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe the character should go in this direction. Um, write it and then send it back to us. We'll have an editor look at it. I can buy that. Maybe Bill Clinton did that where I'm not going to try to do a Bill Clinton impersonation, but he was like, I have an idea where the president goes missing and blah, 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 blah. And Paris said, do you want to co-author that? And Bill Clinton was like, are you kidding? I can't fucking write anything. I'm out of my goddamn mind. He was like, no, no, no. 
You just kind of give me some some plot points, and I'll work all the details in. All right. Now, they could have just shot Rob Hart $25,000 to do it and keep quiet, too. So we don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do some forensic accounting and see if um, Rob Hart is pulling down some money that he's not supposed to have. Rob might... Hart right now is freaking out. He's like, "How do these guys know? How do they know?" Because <laughs> it's the only answer that makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty much the only answer that makes sense. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that I'm 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 pretty sold on that. We're going to review that as well. All right. Um, so, I guess disregard me saying that we're never touching Bill, uh, James Patterson again. Um, Sorry to derail yeah. you. No, it's cool. Um, uh, because I guess we're going to be back for our first Bill Clinton uh, review, I guess, in 2018. Um, Who thought? Whoever. <laughs> I jokingly <laughs> said that we should review. What, what did I say we should review? Hillary Clinton's Hillary Clinton's book, right? book yeah. What happened? What happened? The fictional accounting yeah. of how she lost the, uh, the presidential election? Wait, did you no, say no, no. fictional accounting? Yeah, it's a fiction book, isn't it? Did she make up a bunch it's of excuses politics, for why she so, lost. Uh, by by definition, it's politics. I guess that's fiction. yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so anyway, none of that's happening tonight. We're here to talk about um, Scott Free, which is the bookshot uh, Patterson bookshot uh, book that was Rob Hart's co-authoring with James Patterson. You all know who James Patterson is. We're going to read you Rob Hart's bio because that's the guy we care about. Rob Hart is the author of New York, as well as City of Rose, South Village, and The Woman from Prague. He's also the co-author of Scott Free, a bookshot's novella with James Patterson. Short stories have appeared in publications like Shotgun, Honey, Thuglet, Needle, All Due Respect, Helix Literary Magazine, and Joyland. Nonfiction articles have been featured at Lit Reactor, Salon, The Daily Beast, The Literary Hub, Electric Literature, and Nailed. I cut out Here the part is... where it says he lives in New York because we've famously <laughs> yes. gone against him on that one. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, I just got to tell you that um, Woman from Prague is on my vacation reading list. I don't know if I mentioned that to you before. I think yeah. I'm going to try to get through that while I'm yeah. on my vacation. That's good. That's good. The synopsis for this book, accused of murdering three small children, Thomas Scott is released on bail. He faces devastated parents plotting revenge and a fiery detective taking the law into his own hands. But did he do it? The truth will blow you away. Um... Bum, bum, bum. Here's and here. All right, so this is where we are going to be challenged. <laughs> we have traditionally loved Rob Hart's books and traditionally hated James Patterson's books, and now they are together collaborating. Um, so uh, you know, I, I feel like I want to come at come out with some claws, but at the same time, it's our boy Rob Hart. But um, I guess the first thing that I want to say is like the truth about whether he did it or not is nothing that would blow you away. I will. Um, I'm going to agree with you on that. Cause it's I'm, yes yeah. or no. How does that blow you away? That's correct. And, and, and I mean, from a synopsis standpoint, this would lead you to believe he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Am I, am I missing something no. here? I'm not going to talk about what actually happens in the book, but when I read this um, a week ago, actually I read the synopsis quite some time ago. When I read it on the podcast a week ago, I read it and I said, did he do it? No, because I just read the synopsis. I could tell you he didn't do it. So yep. I don't know if that's the, I mean, I do know if that's the way it's going to go or not. You don't, and we're not going to talk about it. So let's back up just a little bit. This is really a novella length, 140 pages, I believe is what it clocks in at Amazon. Yeah. 
obviously we're not going to be able to speak um, a lot about the plot because the plot starts to twist and turn, you know, like 40, 50 pages in. So we'll talk about some of the characters. Um, we'll probably go over to spoiler talk. Not probably. I think we need to go over to spoiler talk and talk a little bit about some of the things that happened in the book. And then we'll kind of come back and we'll do some wrap-ups. This is like you've never heard the show before. We'll give it some stars, maybe. We'll see if it gets stars. And uh, and then we'll move on. So, Rob, do you want to kick it off and start by uh, tell us what the beginning of this book's about? Yeah, so it essentially starts out... Um, like, honestly, it tracks very well with the synopsis. Basically, it begins with um, the, uh, the accused being released on bail. Um, after in the courtroom, some evidence being ruled, um, not admissible for reasons of a fuck up with one of the police officers. Um, and now remind me because, and and I must not have just been paying close enough attention. It was my impression that the case was dismissed. It's not dismissed. He's just released on bail. No, it's dismissed. Cause this says released on bail. Yeah, I don't think that's correct. He is let go because of uh, because of the a lack of evidence, evidence was obtained. The way the evidence was obtained was um, unconstitutional. Yeah, and so all right, so I was questioning my knowledge of the book because this is released on bail, which means you're still being tried for Good a catch. crime. Correct. Um, so that's not accurate. But anyway, so thank you for for backing me up on that one. Sure. Uh, the evidence gets thrown out. They don't have enough to you know to prosecute him with, and so case is dismissed. He's let he's set free but um everybody's still you know the tone the tone of the book is he's still the guy everybody still thinks he's the killer and so he's released into the world um and even as far as like the courts the steps of the courthouse you know he's he's you know met with a very angry mob and confronted by some parents and and some not so happy police officers and stuff like that so he was probably safer in the courtroom being tried than he was when he made it out into the real world. I did like that. I did feel that that was very genuine, that we don't necessarily wait for a trial to yeah. um, to, to convict somebody in the press and in our hearts. Court when of I public opinion, and, man. Yeah, and I mean, we in general as people. So I thought that that went along pretty well with modern society. There's really not innocent until proven guilty. It's you were arrested, you're clearly guilty. And if you're found to be not guilty, it's because you had a slick lawyer or the justice system sucks. So I like that very much about the book. At any rate, back to the actual story. Um, he has been accused or was accused of killing um, three children. So characters that we meet throughout the course of this book are the parents, um, or, or in one case, the parent um, of one of the uh, of one of the children, and then the two couples who are parents to the other kids. We also meet Detective Hanlon, who is the uh, who is the cop, who's uh, who's really out to get um, out to get Thomas Scott because uh, he knows in his heart that Thomas Scott is the perpetrator of these crimes. Yeah. So. Um... We 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 essentially follow two different kind of timelines. We follow or not timelines, but two different kind of um, perspectives. We follow the perspective of um, the accused, and then we follow the perspective of the people who lost their children um, and the detective. They're like one group, and we we kind of see what they're up to together uh, in a, in a story versus like um, Mr. Thomas Scott, and he's. You know, by all appearances in the beginning of this book, just like a really kind of 
low-key dude who's just, you know, looking to get back into cleaning things because he's a janitor. And 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 I and I, I just heard Livius get ready to talk <laughs> because this fucking janitor. You've never and and this is one of the things where like it, it, to me I interpreted this as it being something that was written in to the plot to give like depth to a character, but then used way too much. And it was like his um, over cleanliness and how like it comes up all the time that like things need to be clean. And if he sees something, it's automatically dirty. And in like, you know, he's thinking about how it should be clean. And like there's the cleaning thing came up a lot. It did. But I, I, I feel like I took it maybe a, a little differently than you did. I, I took it as almost like an OCD kind of situation like um um i don't know if you know but like howie bandell is like a, a germaphobe i, I almost yeah. pictured that that level of that it wasn't that you know he's this janitor who needs to clean things but that you know the just the thought of there being dirt in the room with him caused a caused a, a reaction you know like you see some dirt and you're like eh, i should probably dust that tv off eventually but to him like it actually made him uncomfortable to be around something that's dirty so i took it more as a condition than a than a uh, than a character trait. Yes. Yeah, so. I don't know. I wasn't. I, I. I. It. It didn't ring true for me. I thought he was just like annoyingly fastidious. Um. Yeah. So Rob um, is right. We do follow two paths. We follow the um, Thomas Scott path, which is what do I do now? I mean, he's in a position where he can't even go out in public without being, you know, name called and pointed at and, and, and have people, you know, kind of play tough guy to him. So he's considering his options uh, while the parents and the detective are considering their options. So you have uh, clearly three sets of, you know, heartbroken parents. Um, I did think, I did think that uh, there's the one, I mean, let me get back to my notes here. John, Who's, uh, whose son John Jr. was uh, was killed? I, I I felt like that's whose eyes we saw the pain of the parents through the most, and and I thought that there yeah. was some some pretty good you know genuine feeling stuff there. Um, if if we focused on one parent through the whole thing, I'm saying that that's probably whose point of view we had best. Um, and and I, and I think a good job was done. Again, now we talked just last week, Jeremy Robert Johnson, right? Um, uh, in the river, in the river, in the river. In the river. In the river. Um, you know, <laughs> about the character there losing his son and, and how sad it was. And, and this, written differently than that, but I think you still felt that kind of heartbreak. At least I did from, from the John character, if not so much from, from the other parents. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I, I just want to point out, because it, it kind of plays into how the book, um, you know, how the story unfolds, is that all of the parents of, of children that um, this guy is accused of murdering, their children died very recently. So it's not like one of the parents, like their kid died six years ago or something like from this ongoing serial killer thing. They finally got the guy. These are all like really close together, like within a few weeks of each other. All the kids were killed in a similar kind of ritualized, not uh, killed and displayed in a ritualized way. So um, uh, these like it's it's a very fresh, very raw uh, and the, and all the parents are definitely like not through grieving, um, and so that plays into the story as well. I only had one passage marked down, um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver it now because it seems fitting. 
Um, this is actually a little bit from the point of view of, of the, the, um, the police officer, Detective Hanlon. He'd seen people at their worst, at the point where unspeakable acts of violence became very speakable, and John was well past that point. Uh, I like that, where unspeakable acts of violence became very speakable. That was so, good. Yeah. Not a lot else we could talk about <laughs> plot-wise. Yeah, I mean, there's this is the problem with really short stuff that's got, you know, like a mystery kind of vibe to it. Um, there's only one other character. It's uh, it's Thomas's uh, lawyer, Amato, who is a good-looking, slick attorney, um, and and the the attorney that gets uh Scott out Scott free from uh, <laughs> roll credits from jail. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it, right? I mean, anything anybody else we have are just the unnamed passers-by. So that's uh, that's it. That's the crowd for this. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, realistically, what we're looking at is like Thomas Scott just wants to put it all behind him and we know that you know they're not you know everybody's not going to let him these these parents want someone to pay for what happened and they have a very obvious suspect or you know they've already kind of like made up their mind about so it's those different angles kind of coming toward each other and how does it all play out that's about it that's toto it is told in that really kind of staccato style um that you know zoo was the the super short chapters the two the, three page chapter yeah yeah with the the point of view switch um in each chapter so nothing um nothing different there than what you'd expect from a james patterson book yep other than that i mean i guess we gotta go over spoiler talk right yeah um yeah there was i want to point out i think it was 45 or 46 chapters in a 130 page book i think something like that so the numbers yeah very small very short chapters but um yeah, uh, yeah. We'll jump over to spoiler talk. There's a few things that like really need to be discussed, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll give it some its justice. We'll see how uh, James Patterson with Rob Hart uh, sizes up against um, whatever that other guy's name is, Michael something or other. All right, we're uh, we'll be right back. All right, um, we're back from spoiler talk. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what's the etymology of the word doozy. I have. I have no idea. <laughs> How would you even spell that? D O O Z Y I E something outstanding or unique of its kind. It's a, okay. Okay. How's it spelled? D O O Z Y. Also D O O Z I E. Oh, I got it right both yeah. times. It's that's rare. You get something right twice. Earliest twenty early twentieth century of unknown origin. I might have to dig into this while you you bring you while you're. Uh, explaining what the hell we're talking we're about. Not explaining anything. Go over to patreon.com slash book. Drop a dollar a month. Listen to our spoiler talk um, where we dig in a little bit into the ending and, and maybe some of the plot points of Scott Free. So if you've read it, uh, you definitely want to check it out. If you're planning on reading it, strongly recommend you hold off on that little portion. Uh, but uh, Rob <laughs> tells you we got some doozies coming up. That's, that, that's <laughs> got to be worth a buck all on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to, and I want you guys to know here's a peek behind the curtain. Figure Rob don't know shit. We've got one book slated right now. So what doozies? Probably a little bit of a stretch, so Hey, what if I was what if I was hinting that there were multiple doozies in one review? Oh, that's possible. That could be... That's yeah, that's a that's a thing yeah. that happens. Alright. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead with my wrap up. Is that is that cool? Alright, I hope it's a doozy. It's it's gonna be a doozy. 
if you went and listened to spoiler talk, which I can't imagine anybody stops and goes and listens to spoiler talk and comes back. So even if you're going to listen to spoiler talk, you probably um, you'll hear this again over there. Um, you know, let's say congratulations to Rob Hart. Um, getting uh, on a Patterson book, I, I, I would imagine, is not easy. Um, I even imagine that that quietly, maybe if not publicly, like some people have, have kind of uh, maybe judged him on that. I, I would imagine, knowing people in the literary community, that there's some shit talking going on. But God damn it, Rob, good for you. If I could get on a Patterson book, I don't even write, and I would get myself on a Patterson book. So... Um, congratulations. <laughs> I think this is uh, going to be tricky, so I'm going to try to word this exactly the way I feel about it. Um, this was this was this was good. It was it was a page turner. No real issues with it. I think that Rob Hart delivered exactly what Rob Hart wanted to deliver as a James Patterson book. So in that, I think that 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 he achieved the right thing. It kept that tempo of what we expect from from this type of book. Um, it was interesting enough. It was not cheesy uh, in, in any. I didn't feel it was really cheesy. Rob may disagree a little bit. Um, I just felt it moved well, and it was a clean book. What I did say over on Spoiler Talk for those of you who aren't Patreon contributors is, if this was just a Rob Hart novella, and we reviewed it, we decided to have said something along the lines of. This is a little short, but yeah, I can see this is that that kind of like a, that airplane bookstore kind of book that you get, where it's a just very marketable to the masses and, and plays well with a majority of people who are looking for some light reading. Is it my kind of thing deep down? No, I, I definitely prefer Rob's Ash McKenna stuff um, to this um, for sure. Um, but did he deliver what he, he had hoped he would deliver? I, I, I think he did. Um, no issues with this book. Quick read. Go over to spoiler talk. I do have one, one, one little issue with it, um, and I'm going to give this three and a half stars. Um, I want to start my uh, my wrap up by saying that I, I only have a very small sample size to go by, but at this point, I'm going to just assume that I'm right about this, and that's the fact that Rob Hart has taken the quality of James Patterson books and raised it by like a thousandfold. And I think that's something that needs to be recognized because like, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so much Rob Hart and so little James Patterson that, um, you know, it, it seems to me like it was more that he was writing within some general constraints than um, it, he wrote something great that was, was, you know, heavily modified and so um kudos to him this is like if you gave me the story and and took you know told me that it was just rob hart i'd be like yeah totally makes sense so um if you're coming in anxious that it's like a, a patterson story that rob threw his name on no it's it's a rob hart story that is associated <laughs> With James Patterson, that's definitely my opinion of it. Um, that being said, it's 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 a crime story uh, with very little um, Dirk Dirk <laughs> dirty or dark elements. I, I was going to say dirty first, and then I changed it to dark. Now it's Dirk dirty or dark elements. There's no like real uh, profanity or you know sex or you know gory violence or anything like that. So I feel like Rob 
walked it back a little for the sake of the audience that he was writing for. Um, but it's definitely written in a Rob Hart way. And um, I found it entertaining. I had minor objections with things like this guy being so obsessed with clean stuff. It just didn't work for me. But, you know, whatever. That's not a big part of the story. So it's not it's not a big deal. Um, I really, really enjoyed the ending, which we talked about in spoiler talk. So, again, a little plug for that. And um, while the whodunit kind of feel that there was, you know, kind of threaded throughout there, you know, didn't really go how I thought it would. Um, or, or you know, I didn't use things in the way it utilized plot elements in the way that I, you know, thought it should or could have. Um, all in all, it's a great story. And um, I think that what uh, Rob benefits from here is the fact that the audience is much wider um, if a, because it's got Patterson's name on it, and B, because the content is a little bit dialed back from his usual um, booze and drugs and, you know, strip clubs and murder and all that stuff. So there's not any um, gang wars with uh, transvestites in this in this book. So sadly, um, I know sadly <laughs> could use a little bit yeah. more like a transvestite gang war activity, but uh uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, this is one of the books where, like, begrudgingly, even though it's got James Patterson's name attached to it, like, if someone was asking me about my podcast, hey, what's a book that you read that I might like, I would absolutely 100% say read this book. Um, and with the hopes in my mind that they would read that and say, okay, I want to know, I know about James Patterson, whatever, I want to know about this other guy. Um but I'm kind of going, I'm going into like a sales pitch as opposed to just like, uh, give me my wrap up. But my basic wrap up is I enjoyed it. It's a Rob Hart story. I'm going to agree with Livius. It's three and a half stars. I really wish I could do a Bill Clinton accent. I really, really do. <laughs> I really, I'm glad you you can't. Yeah. I, uh, you can work on it for upcoming episodes. I did look at the, um, the reviews on Amazon, which are all favorable, um, but there's there's not. A, I was I was thinking there's got to be something in here, right? There's got to be. <laughs> there's not anything in here that. Uh, yeah, I saw. I looked at them the other day, and it was all like, um, either really short replies or actually really thoughtful replies. Yeah. There was nothing like that. Baby killer went free. Yeah. Well, um, it's still early. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's still early. I don't know yeah. how the Bookshots program is doing in general. Um, you know, I, I've gone back and forth on this. I, 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 I'm becoming more of a fan of the novella, as as you know, Rob. Um, based on the fact that I've read some fucking great novellas, uh, I still struggle with this platform. I got to tell you, in a in a paper format, I don't think you'd ever catch me reading a novella. Uh, you know, outside of doing the podcast. I think the digital works really, really well for this. So I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm just I'm kind of torn about J James Patterson is making this this push for the novella. And, and let's be honest, James Patterson is making the push. It's the biggest push ever for novellas. There's really that's the only way I can reconcile that yeah. statement. So it'd be like if Apple made a push for the novella. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, you know, somebody is going <laughs> after it and they're they're arguably, you know, the biggest name in in in. In, I'm gonna say in publishing at this point, not in in writing. Um, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> good. Well, yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, so <laughs> I, I struggle with it because I'm I'm liking the novella, but I don't I don't know if this is this is directed 
specifically at, I mean, there, there is no current paper version of this. So I don't know if they're all Kindle only. If that's the case, yeah, I think this is great. I, I don't mind paying four bucks for a little afternoon read. I mean, I read this in two sittings in, in one day um, over lunch and then um, in the evening, you know, like, like before I went to bed, couldn't sleep one night. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm just going to knock the rest of this out. And, and it's a quick, quick read. I, I, I like the quick read. I just, I don't know. I hear you. I'm still on the fence about novellas. I've read brilliant novellas, but I'm still not sold on it as a vehicle for telling stories. I got to tell you, it's a lot easier to get ready for an episode when you're reading a novella. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, as opposed to as opposed to what we're, our next full book review is going to be. Uh, yep. Yeah. Hey, did you get any packages in the mail today? I did. So it's so funny. It's almost like the universe listens because we, we went on this... We, I, I think it was probably more, more me, right? The rant about like, they should give us books we'll actually read. Yeah, I, yeah I'm with you on it though. I think you were a little rantier about it, but I'm, I'm with you. Oh, in that time I managed to give away one of the books. Yeah. So I, I'm one book less, but then it, I received a couple. So just book. No, no, not the Christian stuff. There was one that was kind of comic booky or something. So, um, anyway, uh, I got two great things in the mail today. Um, as, as listeners may know, my birthday was this past weekend. We're recording on the 10th. Sunday the 8th was my was my birthday. Happy, and I received, happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. Do you know how old I am? We're 37. <sighs> 39. Damn it. Fucking old, man. When we started this podcast, I was in my early 30s. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was in my 30s when we started this deal. So let's, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, got a got a birthday card from Jesse Lawrence, friend of the podcast and 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 frequent co-host now of the podcast. Likely, likely um, most thoughtful guy I know. Oh my god! Yeah. Seriously, he's probably already bought the presents for the Christmas gift exchange. That's a good point. I, I don't want to. I don't want to um, steer you away from this, but I do want you to know that I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, although I have not purchased it yet. Oh man. It's a fucking dinner with um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Harvey, the guy that Harvey used to wear Weinstein? bow ties. No, <laughs> he probably wouldn't sexually harass me though. Um, can we get back to my mail? I'm gonna get yes. back to the mail. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't resist bringing up Harvey Weinstein, could you? Uh, anyway, birthday card from Jesse in the mail today. And on the front, it's uh, some balloons, and it says, I'm sending you a birthday card because I'm nice as fuck. And on the inside, he wrote some stuff. So he personalized it, so it was very nice. Um, so that was great. I was, I, was, I was not expecting that. That was a very unexpected package. The other package I was actually expecting, but only because Livia sent me a picture earlier in the day. Um, it, from, from our good friends... Uh, Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner, Jeffrey Craner, who we had on the uh, podcast to talk about Welcome to Night Vale, the new novel, um, Welcome to Night Vale novel, It Devours, appeared on my doorstep today. And I want to give a shout out to whoever fucking put it there. I don't know if it came from UPS or what, but like it was raining today and there's there's like a there's there's like a, the, the roof come, it kind of juts out in, uh, over my door a little bit but if the package were just casually left in front of my door it would get soaked he took the package and he she uh i don't want to 
get into the whole like Harvey Weinstein you thing here. Want to assign gender to your yes uh, delivery driver? I don't want to assume. Yeah, assume my delivery guy's gender. Um, leaned it against the door so that it was like kind of standing up, so it was the least likely to get any kind of water damage. I was like. Man, that is so above and beyond. Because usually they just throw shit. Like you see those videos on YouTube and stuff where like the UPS guy takes a package and just like whips it out. He doesn't even leave the fucking you know truck and just like whips it toward the house. Yep, it, it was UPS, by the way. Good job, UPS delivery. I should leave like a little hey UPS guy. Here's a beer thing, but um, that could go wrong. Anyway, it devours the new novel in the Welcome to Nightvale universe. Now this makes sense because we requested Welcome to Night Vale and now it makes sense that they would send us the sequel to Welcome to Night Vale. This all makes perfect sense. The third book in the Sword of Shahara series or whatever that's going to show up tomorrow doesn't make a lot of sense. Not a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it does come out on the 17th. (laughs) We really like the Welcome to Night Vale book. I don't know that we're going to get around to this one. Um, It's not going to be very timely if we do because our next few episodes are already spoken for. Um, but nice to get it. It's got purple edges. It's really cool. Like the, the sides yeah, of the paper. Purple. Yeah. I don't know what you would call that. There's probably a name for that part of the page. It's called the edge. And I know that because like, you know, when, um, you know, when the edges are rough, mm-hmm. like they're not cut in a straight line, it's kind of like it's as the paper was folded. It's called deckled mm-hmm. edging. So I'm guessing this is just non-deckled edging. This is purpled edging. So... Um, Harper Collins, nice job on getting us something relevant. UPS, nice job on getting us dry books. Yeah, everybody's, I mean, everybody really came through today. <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to having, like, this super nice day, uh, especially since I had to renew my driver's license, um, which is never fun. Oh, but um, Doesn't your driver's license expire on your birthday? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was driving illegally yesterday, um, and part of today. Uh, so uh, I, I I went Saturday because I'm a last minute guy. I went Saturday the seventh. My my license expired on the Sunday the eighth, but I knew that the licensing facilities are closed like Sunday and Monday. Go Saturday, and I was like, I get in the parking lot, and I'm just super excited because there's like no fucking cars, <laughs> and it's not. It didn't occur to me. Wait, there might be a problem. I was just like, yeah, this is going to be easy. Um, and then I see a guy like kind of droopy head, like walking away from the door, like obviously disappointed. And I was like, are they closed? And he said, yeah, Columbus Day. And I was like, fuck. Oh, hold on a second. Did you run into Kevin Helmick at the DMV today? <laughs> no. It Why? just occurred to me. He posted earlier on Facebook something like fucking DMV or whatever in, in the town that you would go to. <laughs> like Zurich, right? That's where you went? Yeah. yeah. So he was there earlier today. Yeah. Really? I'm looking this up yeah, right now. Not, no fake news here, bro. Get out of here. Well, yeah. Uh, DMV sucks eight hours ago, which would have been around... 1.49 p.m. Dude. I went there at 1.30, and I left there at 2.30. You guys were there at the exact same time. What are the fucking chances? How'd you not run into each other? I can't imagine. I've never been to that facility. They closed the facility that I, I would typically go to. Um. So my next jaunt to DMV will be to that one, I think, but... How did you guys not see each other? I, I mean, there was a lot of people in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a long. It's like a storefront. It's in a mall. 
um, and it's a long storefront, and like there's this like little desk you check in at. Yeah, and they they tell you like and they tell you where to go. And then like I just I was around the corner from that. So if he was going for anything besides driver's license, he might have been toward the front, and I was toward the back. Um, Can I just say um, while we're on the subject of Kevin Helmick, Kevin Helmick's wife Melanie makes uh, an amazing jam. I had lunch right. with. So you're gonna start your podcast? Yeah, jammed. I had lunch a couple weeks ago with Kevin, and apparently she's a, she does canning. Do you know what canning is? I had to look up canning. Like um, putting things in, like preserving them in yes. jars and cans yes, and stuff. Correct. Yeah, like food. Yeah. Food stuff. So he gave me um, a, a jar of salsa and a jar of jam. Now the salsa um, was opened and then not refrigerated, so I felt kind of weird about eating it. So I, I didn't get to try the salsa, and I feel terrible about that. But the jam, dude, the jam. So I'm saying, was it was it, it your jam? It was definitely my jam. And you know me, I'm very European, so you know that shit just went on some <laughs> crepes, right? And it was just delicious. <laughs> Did it really? Um, yeah, most of it. Just most some of cre- it went on crepes. Some yep. crepes. Uh, um, I don't know if I had any more DMV story, but <laughs> no, um, you went to the DMV. <laughs> I think that was your story. Yeah, I went to the, the DMV. Fact that the DM- oh yeah, no, I have to brag. Um, I had to do a a, a fucking written test. Dude, how bad is your driving record? I I mean, I didn't think it was I didn't think it was that bad. I've never, and, and, and I'm a little bit older <laughs> than you. I, I've always walked in, and they've been like, "Any changes?" And then I look at them, I'm like, "All right, change the weight again." And they're like, "All right, go take a picture," and that's it. <laughs> Though I mean, do you have you you don't have vision problems? No, I I think no, I don't yeah. I, I don't remember if I had to do I think I think you have to do the vision test every time you go. Oh, okay. Well, I, I I have glasses, so I just assume it was because like they're like prejudiced against people with vision problems. But um, yeah, because they want you to be able to uh, see when you're driving. <laughs> fucking bastards taught me how to live my life. Social justice warrior. I want I want equal. Well, the, you know what? If everybody has to take a vision test, then I'm happy. Everybody should have to if I have to. Isn't that the American way? Um, that's just I'm not being serious. But anyway, so like I had to take a written test, which I was not expecting, and and um. Now that you got, I've got you got me thinking why. But anyway, it's a misnomer because it's on a computer, so there's nothing written. But thirty five questions, you have to get twenty eight to pass. And I'm like all fucking nervous because what do I know about? Like, when's the last time I studied? The rules you know, of the, the road. rules of the road. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you when. When I got my driver's license when I was eighteen. Um. I so I'm going through this thing, and I get. 28 straight questions correct and then it was just like you passed it didn't even make me take the rest <laughs> of them <laughs> so they didn't even care and and to me that tells me that they don't care either they front loaded the good questions and just added a bunch of crap afterwards or they don't care if i know all the stuff as long as i know enough it's stuff. multiple choice too right would yeah. you have done or true would false. you have done as well if they were open-ended questions Jesus. Um, no. Although I think that give if I was given all 35 and I had to get 28, I'd still get 28 right, but I might not get all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, multiple choices is, I mean. With some of them, there was about three that like kind of, and, and I heard some guy <laughs> just like, shit, fuck. <laughs> like, just. And I'm looking over, and I'm like, "What can be that complicated?" Like, God damn it! I hope he's on question twenty nine because 
Uh, so um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I haven't had to. I'm sure at some point I, I may have to do that. I, I don't even know when my driver's license expires. I should probably check that. I think it's next year. Yeah, that was my lunchtime adventure. <sighs> but now I'm totally legal. I had to. It's all done. I had to re- do the redo the registration. I did that. Got my license renewed. I'm good for. I'm good for a while. Um, I uh, I think I'm gonna get the the booked plates. I've been thinking about this. You can pull the trigger on that. <laughs> See, I was looking into that and I was thinking to myself, do you have to get another registration sticker or do they give you a new one? Because I yep. just renewed yeah. my sticker and they'd be really pissed if I had to pay yeah, for my I don't one. think you do. I do think you have to pay the 115 bucks or whatever. I think that includes the registration. So, okay. I mean, sort of, I guess you do. You can't just buy a plate. You know what I mean? I mean, you can, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it always comes with registration. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. uh, that's a DMV here on Booked. Um, we'll have uh, that segment again in uh, in a year and two months when I have to go to the DMV and see if I run into Richard Thomas, maybe at the Department of Motor Vehicles. I can't believe Kevin Helmick was there at the same time. I, it's like the time at Starbucks. I went to a Starbucks and I got a drink. And this is when we first met Kevin Helmick, so I didn't really re- know if it was him. But there was this guy in a white hat, just fucking like mad dog in me and i was like why does this guy stop why won't this guy stop looking at me <laughs> later find out it was kind of yeah. Like, yeah you know you had said you went to the dmv like something in the back of my mind i was like well i knew you went to the dmv you know like it triggered a like a like i yeah. saw that you were at the dmv but it wasn't you and i didn't really think about it until just now <sighs> let me give the uh, listeners the rundown on uh what uh, the next um at least two episodes might be um, so we ran into, I don't want to say scheduling, we just would have pushed two episodes way too close together. So originally you were going to hear our review, our Patreon, um, top Patreon review with Jesse Lawrence, where he got to pick a book for us, which is Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins. Meh, because of the timing of this episode, that would have been way too close to us doing the Halloween episode, so we've decided to kind of um, rearrange. So Saturday, the 21st? Am I saying that right, Rob? Yes. 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Live booked on YouTube with co-hosts Jesse Lawrence and Misty Bennett. It's going to be a little costume party. Um, If you want to know what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be reading, Bubba Hotep, the short story and the movie um, will be part of our discussion. There'll be some other fun, spooky stuff, but we're all going to be in costume. Very much looking forward to this. I imagine it'll be a semi-drunken two-hour jaunt or so, um, <laughs> which you can participate. So you can submit questions and kind of interact with us. Um, didn't go too bad last time. I think the timing was better last time than it was the, the first few times we did this. So I think it's going to be, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be fun. We're going to have our kind of dry test run later this week to make sure that uh, all the mechanics are in place. And then after that, you will likely have jitterbug perfume, or you will have an interlude. If for some reason the really super fucking dense jitterbug perfume does not get read in time. This thing is like 350 pages what it's listed. <laughs> the Kindle's telling me it's a different story. Based on my reading speed, they're telling me it's like 500 pages. So it's it's pretty densely packed. So we'll uh, we'll try to get that up for you right after the spooktacular. If not, <clears throat> it'll be upon my return from uh, beautiful Louisiana. Awesome. I'm very excited about that. And um, uh, they're all going to be doozies. They, they will be. They will be doozies. <laughs> that that uh, I can tell you, I'm 6% of this jitterbug perfume and it's a goddamn doozy. 
It's a fucking doozy, right? It is a doozy. So um, (laughs) that's really it. So I give you guys a rundown. But please um, tune in on YouTube. If If you're a listener, an audio listener only, I can promise you that there will be visual reasons to watch it on YouTube. We're not trying to generate YouTube income or anything like that. We're not trying to drive you there. It's just a fun uh, thing that we do a couple times a year that's different. But this one, costumes and screen share content. And there, there's going to be some stuff that's uh, just not going to be fair if you're listening um, through the audio portion. So check us out. YouTube.com slash book podcast. All right. I hope that's the right web address for that. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Our Rob Hart. And then in small parentheses, James Patterson. Um Scott Free, small parentheses, Scott Free. I don't even fucking care anymore. Uh, I, I feel like Kevin Lynn Helmick at the goddamn DMV. Until next time, I'm Rob Olson. <laughs> I'm Livia Snedden. <laughs> it's a doozy. <laughs>